Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show with TalkSport, Will Gavin. And guess what? All of us are in the studio at the same time. It's a miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> We've got a ridiculous show coming up for you today because we're going to be hearing from both champions on Raw and SmackDown. Although, is there even a Raw and a SmackDown anymore? Who even knows? No. Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston are both going to be on the show. And we'll also be hearing from WWE legend Mick Foley ahead of his appearance in Norwich at the end of the month. This is The Pro Wrestling Show. All right, welcome to the Pro Wrestling Show. Hello, Who boys. Are you guys? Hey. Hi. Had a very funny conversation at Super Strong Style 16 this past weekend. A guy hit us up on Twitter, uh, Chris, who'd seen we were posting videos and stuff. He was a listener, fan, wanted to just say hello, uh, grab a beer with us or whatever. And I, I went over and saw him and he said, uh, he said, what I really like about the show is that it doesn't matter if like one of you's in the bath, one of you's in bed, one of you's, you still get it done. And I'm like, yeah, we didn't do a show this week. So uh, we've got... <laughs> what it, he's trying to say is... It, he wants to be back in my dressing gown on Skype. <laughs> he loves doing the pod that your way. Bedroom. Yes. I mean, we can make it happen if you want. If you want to bring your dressing gown in, if we're ever doing an in-studio show, you're more than welcome to. Mm, sounds very sultry, but yes. I mean, I'm excited about it. Uh, so, coming up on the show today, we, we're going to do two shows a week for the next two weeks, because we've got so much content from Super Strong Style Weekend, including exclusive interviews with both Carl O'Reilly and Trevor Lee, who are over for NXT, uh, taking part in the event. Uh, we're also, I'm going to put Roderick Strong on that interview as well, because, and by the end of this year, I'm going to get an Undisputed Era photo with all four of them I've decided I'm going to I don't know how yeah I was about to say I'm yeah. going to track down Bobby Fish yeah. I'm going to track down Bobby Fish and Adam Cole and I'm going to get the photo because I'm two two out of four now and both times they were the ones that did it They were someone was like right let's get a photo at the end and it was they were like come on do the thing and I was like uh, uh. Trying, to, trying to make my fat fingers work to do the sign Download Festival will be your place oh, yeah. if they're over for it's going it. to happen at Download is it NXT UK or NXT? No, uh, they're, they're doing oh. NXT UK tapings is, there, yeah. but I think they will bring NX, some NXT talent SummerSlam well. weekend? Oh, we could, could go to SummerSlam. We could go to SummerSlam. Are we all going to SummerSlam? We'll try and all go to SummerSlam. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, regardless. <laughs> you know, whoever's going. Why, why are we always having live production meetings uh, on yeah. the show? <laughs> uh, right, so yeah. we're going to have <laughs> that show coming out in a couple of days' time, which will have all those interviews on, but it will be a spoiler-free Super Strong Style 16 uh, roundup. And then 
we will have next week a regular show and a show from Super Strong Style 16 which will include chats with the winners of both the women's match and the overall event and some other stuff like Jimmy Havoc talking on the day of his final match Session Moth Martina who is the loveliest woman in the world who would have known I mean it's a wonderful wonderful gimmick that she has managed to sell it so well that she's actually a, a brilliant human being so uh, that's often the way isn't Ginny that same kind of way oh really? Ginny I, I love Ginny is fantastic I love Ginny to pieces um there's, there's, so, so there's just a ludicrous amount of content to get in and to get in in the next couple of weeks before let's not forget that next week we're going to be speaking with Drew McIntyre when he comes into TalkSport yep. to see Ali McCoist and we're going to be <laughs> and we're going to be going to download in a few weeks time and we'll be doing loads of interviews there so. and Lana and Rusev yeah, yeah. Oh, we got Lana and Rusev and yes, the Iconics and the Iconics <laughs> It's all There's too much. I know. There's just too much. <laughs> uh, Shut it down, boys. We can't keep up with this. <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll also look at some of the British indies on this show. A New Japan three matches now announced for Dominion. That's looking really exciting. Um, but I'm kind of trying to figure out the best way to attack this show because the fact is, is that we have to have a serious conversation about <laughs> the state of <laughs> WWE. Yes, Dad. And yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm putting on my best Dad voice. If Vinnie Mac was in the room, I'd be putting on my best Dad voice with him. You bloody wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I think I would. <laughs> because because when, when, like, whenever would you get the chance to? Otherwise, well, well, if he yeah. was sat right there right now, just say, Vince. I'd talk to him in his own voice. <laughs> hey, I can't do it. Hey, yeah, <laughs> those are both, both much better impressions than I could have done. So, how about we hear from the champs first? Yeah, and then we rip the company. No, we, no then we talk, <laughs> and then we talk whoa, about whoa, the whoa. TV product from the from the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I mean, I, I caught up with uh, both champs last week. Obviously, the, uh, WWE doing a lot of media ahead of their UK tour, which, as we mentioned, is next week at the O2. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, uh, I believe they're in the UK actually now. About they've, 10 they, days, they've made their it? flights over today and then they're in Newcastle Saturday, places like that, Sheffield, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, we spoke to both champs uh, and both were, were pretty damn open, to be honest. Rollins talking about uh, Ambrose, a lot of, of that departure, which ironically, uh, the day after we spoke to Rollins, the Moxley video dropped. So I wonder how much he really knew about that. Uh, so and hear from Seth and then talk about that. We'll go video. for it. Yes, Ooh. hit Rollins first. <laughs> Hi, Seth. Thanks for talking to us tonight, buds. Yeah, no problem, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for staying up late. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to get to Game of Thrones as soon as I'm done with you, I promise. But um, <laughs> Oh, bless you, bless you. <laughs> uh, now that you know, we just talked about Ambrose has left the company and Reigns is now on SmackDown Live, of course you're the champion of Raw. It really feels like a clean slate for you from the Shield for maybe the first time ever, really. Um, you know, there's always kind of on each other's shows. While everyone loves the Shield, is that kind of exciting for you, though, to, to you know, you've been on your own, but you know what I mean? Away from the Shield and, and, and at the focal point of a show. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it was the end of an era the other night uh, with the final chapter of the Shield, for sure. You know, you look at the past six, seven years and everything has revolved around the three of us in one way, shape, or form. And so, um, you know, you mentioned Amber leaving and Rome going to SmackDown. It really is a, a lot of extra pressure on me uh, to just be the man, to be Seth Rollins, to be Monday Night Rollins, and to, you know, kind of put this show on my shoulders. Um, I'm a SmackDown moving to Fox here uh, in the fall. It's going to be a huge deal for them as well. So there's going to be just a, a, it's going to be a, a dogfight, man, between Raw and SmackDown. 
and I'm looking forward to the challenge uh, and looking forward to a lot of new matchups and new competitors with the shakeup and everything like that. So um, it's definitely exciting. Obviously, nerve-wracking because, like you said, it's kind of the first time we've you know, jumped in these waters, but uh, I'm excited to see how far I can swim. You know, Ambrose has mentioned in the past that he found it hard to work with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. You know, you've slayed the beast. Um, how was working with Brock for you? And, you know, did you get the kind of match that you really wanted? Um, you know, Brock's an interesting cat, man. He, um, he's, a, he's a moody dude. And he, he goes with the flow and how he's feeling. Um, and at the end of the day, obviously going into, um, you know, this match with him, you heard a ton of horror stories and, and uh, weren't really sure what to expect. But, um, you know, when the dust settled, uh, you know, I put his head into the mat and pinned him one, two, three. And so, uh, in my opinion, the right man came out on top. So, for me, it was a, a great experience working with him. Um, you know, who knows what the next time, if there is one, it's going to be like. But uh, WrestleMania, for me, was a big win. Uh, and finally on Ambrose, uh, you know, spent, you're spending time with him like you have and, and the opportunity for the Shield farewells. Just in your opinion, you know, let's say this year, do you think it's more likely he takes a break from the business um, rather than pop up in another company in the US, Japan, or whatever? You know, just your opinion, I guess. Cool, God. So tough to say. You know, he's someone who really keeps his cards close to the vest. And, um, you know, even in the back end, when I was trying to kind of pry and see what he was getting himself into after this, I think, I think the cool thing was he didn't even really know. You know, he didn't really have any big plans. It's for him, he just wanted the freedom to make his own decisions for the first time in the last eight years, eight, nine years, you know. So, um, like I said, it'll just be cool to see where he ends up and, and where he takes his talents, whether that's through another wrestling organization or somewhere else in the entertainment field. Or, you know, maybe he just wants to sit at home and play with his dog and be with his wife and have a family. Who knows? So uh, it's, I'm excited as a friend just to see what he's going to get himself into. He's one of the most talented dudes uh, I've ever come across, and he's got a lot to offer. So... I, I can't even begin to speculate. Okay, man, thank you very much. I hope to catch you when you're over in the UK. Thank you. Seth Rollins speaking with uh, our very own Alex McCarthy for the Pro Wrestling Show. So, that Moxie video dropped and everyone lost their mind. I mean, everyone in the world had a theory. <laughs> Did you see that on Twitter? <laughs> well, well, you know, there's a two and, and a five, so, so he's going to double or nothing. And he's like, well, I mean, is he? Uh, oh, and the hound was chasing him down, so, so that's Roman Reigns. Well, wasn't there two hounds? In the, I don't know. And then the best one was that actually he's not left WWE. They just killed the character and he's going to reappear as a bloke yes. who looks just like Dean Ambrose. <laughs> <laughs> with a completely different name on a PG product with barbed wire and chains and stuff. Well, on that point, we spoke at Super Strong Star Weekend, again, no spoilers here, with a couple of hardcore British legends in Jimmy Havoc on his way to AEW. Oh, by the way, I forgot about that. We need to do an AEW show because Jimmy Havoc talking about AEW and Darby Allin, there was some fascinating stuff there as well. There's too much content, out. Too much. Too much content. Um, We're applying for a... Co- uh, advertising the job for a content manager. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> at the wrestle show? It is unpaid. Uh, and it's not officially Will, an internship. Well, you can't offer unpaid internships these days. People will start screaming on Twitter. <laughs> they really do as Let's well. Let's hear from Paul Robertson and Jimmy Havoc about if they would like to fight 
John Moxley in future? I'll give you a clue. Obviously, they do. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, John Moxley promo yet? Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's pugger. It's I good. enjoy it. So, yeah. Glenn, we spoke to Glenn and Jim just before, and they said if one person could fight John Moxley, if he came to progress, uh, you'd be the man to face him. Yeah, I'd love a go. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. You'd be up for that? Yeah, definitely. I'd love a scrap with him. I mean, he's a geezer that I watched before he went to WWE, and even then it was like, yeah, I'd love a row with him. And now he's out... Obviously, mate, you guys know it's unpredictable now what the hell is going to happen. But provided I was given the opportunity, I'd snatch it with both hands, yeah, definitely. Oh, I'd love to wrestle him, yeah. Part of me hopes it's a work and he's staying there because I clap my hands. It's, it's very good, it's very well done. But um, yeah, no, I'd love to wrestle him, yeah. We were meant to do a, a No Rabarbi match in Germany years ago. It was meant to be a tag match. It was meant to be me and Drake Younger against Sammy Callan and Moxley, but Sammy got a, a staff infection, so he couldn't do it. So they pulled me out of the match, which sucked. But that's probably better for my body, to be fair. Mox has got a real good scar from that one. But, uh, yeah, no, he's cool. I like Mox. I really like uh, Jimmy saying there, like, exactly how I feel about it. There's part of me that desperately wants the whole thing to be a WWE work because I just think... I would think fair play to them because they've they've sold everyone. Like you said, the reaction on Twitter yeah. suggested that people have genuinely bought into the idea. Like if he ends up back on WWE again, wow! <laughs> Sounds like it's going to be Impact now, though. That's the latest rumor. I, I don't really know if I buy that or not. They, they said about um, that there being the Viper in the video, and then he him previously working at the Viper Room, which is in LA, and then there's shows there, and they were saying maybe that's a nod to that. I don't really... Is, is it not just John Moxley being John Moxley, yes. who we know is famously uh, a bit of a wind-up merchant, is not always the easiest guy to work with, going, I know what we'll do with this video. We'll do a teaser. It'll show that I'm going back to the John Moxley character, which is more hardcore, and he used to be fantastic on the mic as John Moxley. Mm-hmm. But... Let's throw in a hound because that'll wind him up. Let's throw <laughs> yeah, in a viper because yeah. that'll wind him up. Let's th- like is it, uh, isn't he just working all of us well, spectacularly? He, he had to be really. And, and when you, for me, I was looking at the production value of the video and I was thinking it's pretty damn good. Like, <laughs> like he's done this at his own expense. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's like, what people were saying. There wasn't it? They were saying, "Wow, WWE would, would make that a very similar video." And they were saying, "Like, oh, he, he's good friends with one of the videographers, so we think that <laughs> it's like, come on, just go online and find a videographer. It's not hard." No, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, it's ridiculous. And I, I think it was, like, as you said, intentionally laden with clues and hints or you know, things that can ultimately mean nothing. But at the end of the day, he's got the wrestling world talking, which, of course, was the goal. You know, so what, what's he going to do next? I, I honestly don't think he turns up at Double or Nothing. No. I don't think he turns up at Impact. So... You know. uh, he might do what Pac did with uh, if he is going to Impact you know like when Pac first came back and he went back to uh, I can't remember what it's called Dragon Gate Dragon, Dragon Gate, Gate yeah. because that's where he sort of made his name and was really good and yeah he did it for a little bit and he's, he's still their champion isn't he and uh, you know yeah why he's, not he's, he still does the Red Dragon tag team as well so I, I, the fact is I think that it was really interesting when you talk about like the video stuff uh, one thing I thought was interesting from this past weekend was Darby Allen, who was the, one of the most serious human beings I've ever spoken to in my life. His second answer to a question... I think it was his first was answer. Somebody asked him about his gimmick, the half-painted face, all that stuff, and, like, what he brings in the ring. And he said, well, the thing is, you talk about a character and you talk about a gimmick. What people don't know about me yet, although I'm sure they'll learn in AEW, is that the reason I pe- half-paint my face is because when I was five years old, I was in a car crash with my uncle who died, and I still feel half-dead inside because of that. And you're like... And it wasn't a work, it wasn't a character, yeah, it was just a human serious, being talking yeah. about a really horrendous experience he went through and how it's affected him mentally going forwards. 
um, <laughs> there was a much funnier moment where he went. <laughs> I, like, I mean, he he. <laughs> the base, if that's your funny, yeah. No, 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 no I mean a much, funnier. yeah, a much funnier <laughs> yeah. moment. Uh, he does a thing where he comes down the ramp on a skateboard because he's a pro skater, mm. and he kicks it off and goes. It goes under the ring, and then he goes round and picks it up the other side. And as Jimmy Havoc came in, he went. Um, Darby, can you not do the skateboard thing tonight? And he was like, oh, is it because he hit that dude in the shins last night? He went, no, no, no. There's a lot of stuff under the ring. <laughs> went, oh, God. And then Jimmy Havoc nearly died. So, well, yeah. uh, he, yeah. anyway, that was Jimmy More Havoc and, and Paul Robinson <laughs> talking about the AEW stuff. But the reason I mentioned Darby Allen is that he said part of the reason he signed with AEW is he went to film school and he wants to do his own promos. He wants to direct them himself. He wants to be in that creative control. And the company have essentially suggested that's something he's going to have. So the level of production quality might just be an indication that people have realised that if you're not WWE, you have to step up and do something of such a high quality that people will say, wow, I'm surprised how high quality that is for an indie. <laughs> but, I mean, hasn't that always been really a metric that WWE has been judged by, mm-hmm. is their production values. And, the, you know, the, we always say it now, you know, if someone dies or, you know, whatever might happen, and the video packages that WWE put together, uh, they, they're unparalleled. You, you, you can't really argue, you know. You talk about that uh, David Starr promo that you know very famously did a few months ago the Jordan Devlin uh, Walter promo I think which there was, was the Devlin Starr then Devlin Walter stuff around OTT yeah. uh, all of that like you know and the reason it, it kind of gained attention in the first place is people going hang on a minute like we haven't really seen things like this at an independent value so I, I think that has always kind of been the case with WWE and, and the thing with Impact that did struggle was matching that whereas AEW seemed more primed you know, to to actually have a good crack at that because mm-hmm. they already know how important that is, and they've made a, a quite a elaborate point of saying that they're going to concentrate on that. And what you've had to do with the, those promos that have done so well, and, and it's UK indie guys, it's Spike Trevay, it's Jimmy Havoc, it's Ginny, it's all those guys who have done those amazing social promos of the last couple of years. But it's all one guy. It's all James Musselwhite or Y2 yes. Jim Bob, as he is on Twitter, and Beyond Gorilla as well. She, um, Robin, yeah. Robin, she's been heavily involved as well. But that's all them doing that off their own back with an agreement that they've got like partnership with those guys so that they make money off it kind of longer term like that's that you're having to rely on somebody to take the initiative that's not the company necessarily doing that even though progress icw have really stepped up their promo game etc and ott like you mentioned Mm -hmm. i just think we're seeing we're now in a world where actually with our phone we could probably go and make a pretty good promo outside (laughs) london bridge right now we've made a pretty good uh, interview with kyle o'reilly you can watch on our youtube channel right now (laughs) Um, no, but, um, we, spoke with, we spoke with David Starr, didn't we, before the uh, Super Strong Cell 16 tournament, and he was saying that him and James Musselwhite are kind of in a partnership now because he's doing his whole independent thing. So, like, um, I, you know, he, he's looking to grow that. It's a brand, are the words he used. Um, so him and James are sort of, you know, James is involved in that. It's kind of like a sort of, you know, like not a not a company as such but a business agreement and, there, there, uh, there, may well, there may well be a bid to get the three of them all in the studio at the same time and in a couple of weeks time I can't, Sounds great. Let's can't do it. say if that's happening or not J- yet James, <laughs> James would you like to come into TalkSport yes I would great uh, bring your cameras what <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding, mate. We're just cutting a promo. Uh, <laughs> the guy who actually we did meet at Super Strong Style did ask, "Where on earth is the triple threat photo for the podcast?" Ah. So I uh, I have chased up the, the the person who created it for us 
is <laughs> trying currently to get a, a, a spousal visa for the UK. <laughs> has had to go back to India. Got married in Gibraltar. It, she's had quite the the messy life at the moment. How so, on, hang on, Will. You are paying right now. <laughs> huh? You are paying her for the work, right? This isn't some kind of weird sweatshop kind of deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, another unpaid it's, internship. It's great. She makes his logos. They only cost sixteen p each, and she only spends two days on them. <laughs> well, that's a snore. <laughs> it was it first was. of the show. Um, should we hear from Kofi? We should. Kofi Kingston talking with our own. What's your name again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, I really—I was just trying to find the email with all the details in. Uh, right, Kofi Kingston speaking with Al, uh, and uh, we can get off some of the back of this and get into WWE. Yeah, smooth. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Kofi. Thanks for talking to us tonight, bud. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so I thought I'd start with. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it, Jim. Jim Ross, good old JR, recently suggested. Uh, that maybe you shouldn't be hopping or dancing to the ring anymore as champion. You might want to have a more serious demeanour. Uh, you know, to me, the New Day have always been successful because you've been a very entertaining act, but when it comes down to business, you can get serious. So what's your take on JR's views, and do you agree with him that you need to evolve, or are you you good how you are? Well, you, you hit the nail right on the head, man. The New Day has been the New Day because of what we have done. And I, I think it's great. I think that uh, it's awesome that after all these years, you know, JR, guys like JR, guys like Superstar Billy Graham are still able to be fans, you know. Uh, Superstar Billy Graham is almost like super fan Billy Graham right now. He's on the internet and everything. And uh, JR, everyone has the right to, uh, like, like have their opinion. You know what I'm saying? And and that's great. You know, um, they, they're not talking to me. They're talking about me as they should be because I'm a champ, you know? So I, I welcome all criticism and all opinions, you know. Um, I think it's great. As long as they're out there, they're talking, they're allowed to have an opinion. And um, and it's awesome. For, for me personally, uh, I'm going to continue to do what I, what, I, what I do in the ring. I, I, I didn't need um, their help <laughs> or advice getting to this point. And I certainly don't need it now. You know, to, uh, to, to tell me how to be a champion. Uh, what I'm trying to do is reinvent what the face of a champion looks like. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I'm out there trying to represent for the people who, you know, have they, they question whether they can become champion or not. And I, I want that, you know, guys like like Ali or or, or Gentleman Jack or or, um, or or Blair, you know, Blair Murphy, and like um, just guys who are looking at the screen and they're wondering whether they can be champion because they're either too small or too this or too that or not serious enough. I want to be living proof for everybody out there, uh, number one, in the locker room, and then also for fans and, and people who have been told that they can't do something in life. I want to be the guy who they can look to and believe that they can. So um, that's what I'm focused on. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I'm uh, doing this for those are the people who I'm doing this for those are the people who I'm representing for as far as the other guys who um, are, are critical like their, their opinion it doesn't it doesn't affect me at all in the fight as I have bigger uh, it's, a, it's a bigger mission it's a, it's, a, it's a bigger picture type thing for me so um, again like I, I welcome all the, the criticism and, and feedback and again I'm glad that guys like JR and, and other people are, are still fans of the product after all these years you know I think it's a good thing Makes total sense, man. You know, what a moment that was at WrestleMania. Can you just set the scene for us when you get back straight to Gorilla after winning WWE title? You know, it's a fantastic match in its own right. We know New Day are going to be there. But who else has greeted you? You know, is it standing ovations? And and more importantly, how was Vince? Because 
Obviously, he invested a lot of time into the storyline himself, so to see the payoff must have been tremendous. Yeah, the whole thing was amazing, man. It, 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 it was almost a blur. Uh, so when we came back through the curtain, we got to walk almost like by the side of the ramp, and there was a whole bunch of uh, fans there. And just seeing like the happiness in people's faces, and, and, you know, my, my family was just in the ring. My kids, my son jumped up to the second rope and he got the you know, T-shirt out and he's throwing it out in the crowd. Like, <laughs> it was just surreal. It was a dream. And then walking through the curtain and going back up to Gorilla, everybody in the uh, in Gorilla was on their feet, clapping. You know, Vince with a huge smile on his face, you know, um, big hugs in there, you know. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm so proud to, to be champion and so proud to have the support of my peers. I'm proud to have the support of my, uh, the, my my fans. You know, this whole 11-year journey has been not just an 11-year journey for me, but for all the people who have followed me throughout these years. Like, we've all, like, I, I, after Elimination Chamber, I realized that the WWE Universe wanted this as much as I did. And it's just, like, I, I'm getting, like, kind of choked up, uh, even, like, talking about it right now. Um, it is just... It is awesome to have that support and adulation of the people who I do this for. So, um, yeah, man, it, it's, gosh, I, it, I have to watch, like, the tapes back, but there was just so many people, I think. I remember Breeze, Tyler Breeze being right there. Um, God, Rusev was there, you know. Uh, God, there was just so, everybody, everybody was there and just so happy for me, and that just means the world to me. Um, it, it was just an amazing experience. I'll never forget it. That sounds amazing, man. Well, you know, we might as well touch on Money in the Bank too. You know, that's approaching, and there'll be plenty of superstars hoping to use this as their launch pad to get to the world title scene. Obviously, talking about the Money in the Bank ladder matches. You know, you you've been in uh, plenty as well, and years gone by, you're wondering how you're going to get to that world title scene. Who would you like to see grab that opportunity this year? Ooh, I mean, gee, I don't know who's going to be in there from the SmackDown side, but it looks like the Raw side is. Uh is set right now. Um, I think the most interesting and, and for me, the most exciting person that I, that I want to see what they're going to do is Ricochet because he, like, the things that he does in the ring, it, it's just incredible to watch and he makes it look so easy, man. He's such an athlete and um, he's been doing this for a very long time. You know, um, I, I just, uh, you, you never want to blink when he's out there. So I know when he gets a ladder in there and he has all those people in there it's going to be something really special to watch and um, I don't know I, I, I'm not partial to. I feel like everybody who's in the match right now definitely deserves to be there and whoever wins will I'll have an even bigger target on my back you know but that's what it's all about man like I I want to face off against the best that this, uh, this industry has to offer I've been waiting a long time to become WWE champion and I need this reign to be as as memorable as it can possibly be and in order for it to be memorable I have to go up against the, the best competition you know going up against guys like Kevin Owens right now is um, is going to be great you know because we're going to get to mix up we've never had like a, a singles you know match or a singles rivalry we've done some tag team stuff in the past but um, I think it's the stuff that we're going to do as uh, in, a, in a singles feud is going to be awesome and memorable he's an incredible athlete you know he's amazing on the mic and, uh, and I can't wait to mix it up with them. But similarly, uh, when Money in the Bank comes around, people bring out, you know, they bring their A game to the table. I'm excited to see what all those guys can do in the ring. And any of them uh, would, be, uh, would be an amazing opponent. So I guess we'll all find out together.
Well, thank you very much, Kofi. Um, congrats again on becoming the champ, and uh, I hope to see you in London. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Kofi Kingston speaking with the pro wrestling show's Alex McCarthy. Talking, That's his name. Talking <laughs> to you about... I knew what his name was the whole time. I was just trying to find the email and just, you know, trying to stall for time desperately, like, just in the worst way possible. It's almost like this was my job or something, and I'm terrible at it. You talked to him about the uh, the comments from um, JR and from... Superstar Billy Graham. Superstar Billy Graham. thought that was interesting. Yeah, super fan, Billy Graham, as Kofi has, <laughs> has now branded him. Uh, you know, it's funny, in the days since, uh, he's actually, superstar Billy Graham, that is, has responded to what Kofi said. So, there you go, pro wrestling show exclusive. But um, he actually said, oh, and I was just... <laughs> the way he quantifies things is hilarious. He's like, you know, I said, just do a little bit of steroids, is basically what he said. <laughs> you know, I didn't say abuse steroids, just... Just a bit. Go on, just have a dab of the pro- steroids. The problem with the steroids is they're, is they're so Moorish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way that he, he, he rationalises things by going, you know, it's just, just just a slight bit of steroids. Like, no Billy Graham. I don't think that's how it works either, my friend. It's like, like, it's like when you open a big bag of sweets uh, it, with your mindset of I'm going to have two or three <laughs> and then I'm going to put them away <laughs> and then you find yourself surrounded by rappers having eaten the whole bag and feeling horrible about your life choices well, yeah. why I- do grime artists love sweets <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> the, the, the thing with Kofi... Oh, come on, I made two good jokes at Super Strong Slow 16, and Will actually went, they were really good jokes. He, he did genuinely make no some fantastic Irish jokes while yeah. we were at Super Strong Style. Because well, I, sa- I, said, I said to this guy when Jordan Devlin was wrestling, I said to him, because he was, he was properly Irish, I went, why has he hit two finishers? And he went, I don't know. And I went, gonna be sure, to be sure, to be sure, to be sure yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then the other one was, oh, no, I can't say the other one, can I? Uh, I shouldn't no. be able to telegraph that. Yeah. I can't say the other one, because it would ruin it. This is a spoiler-free zone, so... Yeah. <laughs> there we what go. What I will say on, on, on the Kingston stuff, um, I, I actually think he has been handling himself well as a champ. Like He hasn't been totally removed from the character that got there, but he has taken a more serious tone when it comes down to business, uh, contrary to what fans seem to be complaining about. But uh, that's basically what JR's uh, gripe was with him. He, he felt you can't hop and dance to the ring if you're going to be the face of the company, the you know the champion, uh, and he did. He did come out last night on his own for the. Oh no, on, on Monday night for the match with Daniel Bryan on his, own. on his own rather than with New Day, but still did the pancakes. And I did think to myself, you could have just left the pancakes backstage. I'm yeah. done with the pancakes. I've never enjoyed the pancakes. No, no, I get that, but I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think of Kofi as the champion and think pancakes either. Like I really care about him on the mic, mm. and then when it gets down to business, and even in the actual main event match. Another very good outing for him. You know, he's he's been consistently delivering when he's had to this year. So, I mean, I, I'm fine with it, and I think he's he's well justified in saying. You know, I think the actual quote for Superstar Billy Graham and Jr. was, "I didn't need their help getting to this point, and like, why do I need it now?" So, and, and so know, it brings point. us to the product on TV the last couple of weeks. People talked about Monday Night being the worst Raw of all time ever, and. Look, I, I looked across, I, I watched back Smackdown this morning and I watched back some of the highlights from last week. And what kind of stands out to me is if we were doing a Simon Miller, what culture style ups and downs. Slapping yeah. ourselves. There was enough, <laughs> <laughs> slapping ourselves a bit. There was enough stuff in there that I thought to myself, like there are people who are working hard. There are people that are selling brilliantly. There's stuff like the way that they're building up um, the woman's right as a genuine worthwhile move and having yeah. Becky come out. All that stuff. There's stuff in there which is good 
wrestling storyline building. And I look at the Money in the Bank card and I go, wow, there's potential for five or six incredible matches there. And yet you come out at the end of every show with just a bit of a sigh and a bit of a frustration and just a bit of a... Uh, just they can't bring it together. And that main event was great. Obviously, it wasn't mania level. No, but they worked a really good match. And I thought the tag match was really good. They worked a really good match. But it's the booking decisions, and particularly the openers. The openers of the last four shows have been the most generic WWE. We've seen it all before. Mm. And I wouldn't. You know, if there are people who are switching off after twenty minutes, I'm not blaming them. I mean, you have to think in, through a WWE lens. Do they think? Well, here we go. Vince McMahon's coming out to start the show. This is, you know, this is this used to work back in the day. Like, is it going to work now? Like, why does it have to be Vince? And not only that, I, I, I don't know what you, where you two sit on this. I don't think Vince is half the performer on the mic that he was in his pomp. Seems nervous, doesn't he? He he doesn't have the same delivery that he used to. Um, it, it's just it's, it's a shame to see because like, he was one of my favourite characters. I'm going to, you know, I'm saying mm-hmm. with air quotes right now to watch uh, back in the day. So. When I watched him try and deliver this convoluted, you know, the irony was extreme. You know, he tried to deliver this convoluted explanation of what the wild card rule was, fumbled it himself. Yeah. um, Rushed. And it was just like... They had to put a video out on social media afterwards to explain it again. The desperation, you know, and we've all spoken about this, it's clear that they're getting a lot of pressure from the network partners to suggest that they're not happy with the rating slump. You know, they went below 2 million for the first time in history, I believe, in the mm-hmm. third hour, Raw, last week, not this week. And SmackDown drew its uh, lowest rating last week since the 2016 brand split. That's damning, by all accounts. And Fox are looking at it thinking, we're just selling out a billion dollars here. Yeah, like, what, can we renegotiate well, Yeah, you know, hang yeah. on a minute. We, we, for what we thought we were buying, was like a guaranteed... In- you know, I don't want to say income, but whatever the currency of numbers are in television products... It's like now all of a sudden they're getting buyer's remorse and what what are WWE going to do about it? And these knee-jerk reactions aren't helping and, because and they've just done the superstar shake-up. Let me stress that enough. Three weeks removed and now they're going the wild card rule. They'd be better off taking a little bit of egg on their face and saying, you know what, actually we're doing away with the brand split because this whole mixture at the moment, well, why have the Usos challenged for the tag titles last night? Why have that? Why, what if they'd won? There are plenty of other tag teams associated with SmackDown that could have been in that match and put on a good match. Did you also take the belts back to Raw? It's all really super confusing for no reason. And this idea with the World Cup rule that it was established early on that it's only meant to be three guys. And on that first show on Monday, there were six guys, I think, that that crossed shows. And it will just continue to happen, it feels like. Did they not say on SmackDown four guys then? Yeah, so, so when Lars Sullivan approaches Vince McMahon, he changed his mind to make it four, but right, they, okay. they seemingly forgot that Elias came out with Shane McMahon to beat up on range, which actually made it five. Yeah, I, I, and the frustration is that we this was always going to happen, something like this, because you could always feel the moment that they started swapping people back because Fox weren't happy that they didn't have the Latin stars for Fox Deportes, so they wanted to bring back over the Tranquillo team, which also meant Alistair had to come back. Why he isn't in the Money in the Bank ladder match, by the way, Uh. is absolutely beyond me. After the way they've built him in the two months in the build-up to Mania, put Ricochet in, but not him, just seems absolutely bizarre. But I just... I look across everything that they've done in the three weeks since the Superstar shakeup, and it just suggests to me that they're saying yes to everyone 
and nobody's happy. Mm. Because Fox are going, well, we don't like that, change it. They go, yes, yes, yes. And then NBC go, well, we don't like that, change it. Go, okay, yeah, yeah, that's fine. And you can't just keep pleasing right. everybody. You've got to pick a lane at this point. And then for some reason, they're desperate to keep hold of... Everyone, right? They they offered Rhino. Rhino, this is hasn't had, <laughs> hasn't, had, hasn't had a match in 2019 on TV. They offered to double his salary, around 500k apparently, so that he would stay. Uh, he's no, you misread he's... it. It's 500 quid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, do you know there was a thing into? I read a really interesting thing about the money when it came around the Leo Rush stuff, which we didn't tuck into too much last week. But um, there was a study. The, the only time WWE have released official figures of average earnings, etc., was way back in 2011. So eight years, it could have changed dramatically since then. It would have, yeah. But but say that it's had the average growth that you would expect in that time, about the kind of 20% mark, the average earning would be around the 600k mark for a TV star, right? Mm. So Leo Rush actually asking for around that wasn't completely unreasonable by the no. looks of it even though when they say on Twitter you know, he when, wanted double he wanted yeah. double 300k people are going well actually that's what a lot of people are earning and you hear about guys not being able to afford to pay for stuff on the road and just all that other stuff is, is it's difficult to swallow when they want to paint themselves as a major sport going forward with Fox and, and, and do it as it's something legitimate well the NBA and the NFL the earnings by players wow. versus the revenue that comes in is around the 45% mark. Mm. In WWE, based on the best estimates of people who understand the maths much better than we do, it's around the 8% mark. Mm. Now, I'm not suggesting they need to suddenly start giving the wrestlers... I really wanted Triple H to be here. Five times... Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm not saying they should suddenly start offering them five and a half times more than they are right now. Mm. But if you want to keep top people happy when you're not booking them well... Paying them a little extra of the revenue might actually help. With yeah, that. I mean, it, you look at NBA stars, okay, and and like I think LeBron James, what thirty five million for a season, and then you look at, I think it was three years ago they released Brock Lesnar and he'd made twelve million. Now, bearing in mind this is a guy who's on a part time deal, and I think the only person who usurped him but it didn't have the actual number was Cena at that, mm-hmm. at that point. So that, that's not even half, not even half of what the franchise player. And and, Les- think, and by all accounts, in Vince's mind, Lesnar is the but, the top star. But surely, like, it, I think people probably probably don't feel that it's warranted when you compare him to LeBron, who plays however many games a season, compared to Brock Lesnar, who wrestles ten times well, in a year. Yeah. Okay, then so let's say Cena. Let's but, say Cena was on. But what I mean, mil. but what I mean is, it's not about how many times you do it. It's about your value to that company and, well, and the there role you, go. you play, and what they make. Yeah, you know, it, it is representative. And I mean, but... you know, the Lakers were. We're crap this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, you got paid thirty-five million for that, you know. Yeah, hang on a minute. But I'd feel guilty if you look. I'll at, give him a million back. <laughs> I'll, I'll take. I'll chuck him one. Be all right. I I just think as far as WWE goes in terms of the payment, you know, that they're obviously making rash decisions now because AEW have been very vocal about being a talent-friendly company. It's less mm-hmm. dates. Good, like Jericho is himself said he couldn't believe the money he got offered to go yeah. there. And Jericho has been a well-paid WWE employee for, let's say, over a decade. I know he's been well, there a lot longer, but, but so, well-paid, yeah. I would say, like a top star. Um, so, I, I mean, now they know that the whole model now is in danger and people are unhappy and, and the whole culture that they're breeding is... Honestly, it seems a bit toxic. I it's really hate to say that. And, and I think what's interesting when you mentioned, because the AEW is obviously something which has 
affected them more than they would like to admit. And actually, That's a perfect statement. They, I, they keep making these noises that they're not worried, but I think they, they 1,000% are. But I think what's interesting about it is that, firstly, they should be confident enough in their market position that AEW can have a share of the market without taking too much away from WWE, which I absolutely think is a possibility. But from the other side of it, you've got Cody saying that they don't want to bring too many WWE people in because they don't want it to be essentially what TNA was when they first launched. Yeah. You've got him also saying things like they'll never put on an event over Mania weekend because that's Vince's thing and he wouldn't want to tread on those toes. So you're getting a huge amount of respect from those guys despite the fact that they're doing this because they don't feel they can operate within the WWE system. They're not slagging them off. If no. you, you try your hardest when you speak to them yeah. to get them to say something negative, and they just won't do it. Well, the, the company line is, we're not, we're not um, competing with them, we're, we're an alternative. That's, yeah. that's what every AEW wrestler I've spoke to will tell you. Like, and, and you're just at the point now I, I'll tell you not every speak to Darby Allen yeah. you'll, uh, you'll enjoy that conversation when he starts talking about Big Daddy and his big bucks um, <laughs> he, the, uh, can I say Darby Allen is one of those people that stares into your soul without ever making eye contact with you <laughs> I, I honestly found him terrified frightened, he is. frightened. Uh, yes but just WWE are absolutely treading on their own toes left right and centre here mm. and their toes that they've shot because they're shooting themselves in the foot. What other cliches can I roll out? Uh, and I just, I don't see where the fix is coming from. I don't, you know, and it's funny, you, you see it on Twitter going, oh, WWE needs to do this. They need storyline continuation or they need to book this person this way. And, and really it's, you know, it, it, I would, we wouldn't have enough time to sit here and tell you about all the little things that they need to fix. There's there's that many issues. And, but, but, you know, it, 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 I, for me as well, there there is a... A fundamental problem of like they treating us like we're silly when they're doing all these wildcard rules like it, as if we're not clever enough to work out that they're doing these knee-jerk reactions to the ratings and and it makes no sense and we okay so we were meant to invest our time in superstar shaker but actually we could have missed that three weeks of tv because it doesn't ultimately matter I, I haven't watched i haven't watched it live for for since then and I don't mm. feel I've missed anything no, you haven't. and the only thing I have seen is the video that you sent me <laughs> of how they basically made three of the world's best tag teams look like a bunch of idiots yeah on Monday yeah I mean, I, I'd say outside of the two that are going head to head on all or nothing they might be the three best tag team workers in the world mm. and I, I mean fair play to them the if, revival sold oh, the crap out you, of that you, nobody can deny that but and it if, really, if the Usos and Revival were being presented in AEW, we'd be getting it as like this mega meeting of two of the world's best tag teams. It would be presented for what it is, I'm assuming. We haven't seen AEW as a television product yet, but no. it's safe to say about how they're building all the, re all the rest of their feuds. But, I mean, you look at what they're doing at the moment and then this report today from Meltzer that WWE are actively trying to devalue yeah. the Revival ahead of because they won't sign new contracts. And you just think... Uh Something is wrong intuitively with the company. I feel if that is how they operate. I'm happy that Gallows and Anderson, although didn't really do anything in the end, I, I'm just happy that they like for, for them. They've you know reportedly turned down WWE's advances again, and they mm. are looking to leave. Obviously, you know they've they've sort of been joking around about it, and no one knows the truth. But I, you know, I'm kind of happy for them that they didn't have to take the brunt of it. But then. I don't because I just don't think they'd have sold it as much as the revival did. Because <laughs> the I think they're just Uzi like hot. nah. <laughs> the, the 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 big fight feel that you're talking about when you get teams like that going head to head, and it's done properly, mm. where it does feel like a great 
all-time boxing match or a great... And it has that real legitimacy to it. And, you know, I can only speak for my feelings about the main event that we saw on Monday. No names on who was in it. Yeah. But the we spoke with uh, Glenn afterwards, who was doing the commentary, and he was saying, like, the thing I found kind of hardest and the thing I've had to learn while I've been doing commentary was when to tell the stories, when to do play-by-play, play play, when to be silent to let the crowd react... And it's all about letting them build to a peak. And then when it drops off, you come in and you fill that space. Yeah, yeah. And he said, it just never stopped peaking. <laughs> it was 20 minutes where I'm like, when are uh, they going to be quiet? An it's never coming. Crescendo. And, and that's genuinely what it felt like. And you feel like WWE have the talent with the in-ring ability. And I, I don't... Do you know what? I don't care about the whole thing about, well, they can't do what indies do because they're PG. You can see a great match without needing weapons or spots or swearing or whatever else you need for it to not be a PG product. You, we, we've seen it time and time again. You said it yourself you earlier do... in the show. There's, there still is good stuff on Raw. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like you said, we, you know, we've seen good matches. Just, AJ Styles and Rollins, like anyone has said that to me at any point, you're going to get that as the main event of a pay-per-view. You wouldn't have to sell me twice. And look at the champions right now. Becky Lynch, Seth Rollins, uh, Kofi, Samoa Joe. Those are the champions that are, de- that are defending on... And, and Finn Balor, obviously. Mm. The, those are the champions that are either defending or taking part in Money in the Bank in a couple of weeks' time. And then you look at the people who are in Money in the Bank. Guys like Andrade, guys like Ricochet, guys like Drew, who people have been pushing... Like, fans have been pushing hard to be mm. given a big spot. Elias going up against Roman, which, however you feel about Roman, putting anyone in the spot with him is showing that you see them in a big light like we've seen with Drew over recently you yeah. don't get to feud with Roman on a pay-per-view unless they think of you highly yeah. so they're pushing the talent people want them to push and yet somehow you still come away from it feeling a bit limp is it just the stories yeah. is that what it is I'm not I, I just don't feel invested in the product at all at the moment over mm. one weekend at Ali Pali this weekend I felt invested in the whole story of the weekend because obviously you know th- little things happen and, and uh, things get set up and, and surprises happen and whatever yeah. um, I felt more invested in, in that and there was you know and I haven't been to the last few progress shows for example and you know the build up of just one day made me more excited for the next day and more excited for the final day whereas I haven't been invested in, in really any story uh, in WWE for a very long time Yeah, I, I'm just not sure that they're telling stories the right way and I know that that sounds ludicrous in some forms from a journalist from TalkSport to tell WWE like, hmm. you're, you're telling crap stories pal hmm. but having said that like you, you, you know you go back to Rousey Flair and Lynch wasn't that a needlessly complicated story? Yeah, like, it was. You know, all, all the twists, dragged all, out, yeah, and, out, and, and, and then, out. You know, all the twists and turns they had there, and then the two belts. And you think, oh, okay, and what have they really done with the two belts? Like it was, it was kind of a cool moment, but uh, yeah, it, they, they didn't think what we're going to do with it after. It are doesn't you, seem you, that way. You heard me going off about the booking for <laughs> yeah, Money in the Bank no, from yeah, her did, perspective, yeah. and unless she comes away with both belts, I don't think either. Losing either belt is credible to what they're trying to do longer term, and not that's a chance. it. Longer term booking that's been yeah, the problem. I mean, then they're just not—they're not thinking. Can I give you some positive news, which I've just seen on Twitter? I'd love it, please. Um, on, we've on Tuesday night, <laughs> on Tuesday night at the O2 Arena, on two o five live. Ligero will be taking on the uh, cruiserweight champion Tony Nese. Oh, that's good. So that's genuinely go. good. Ligero did some great work this weekend. He actually did. Um, did he do it in his? Uh, what, what car has he got again? 
What car? Yeah. Oh, I think it was a. I don't know. Was it a Nissan Micra? Was it? I can't remember. <laughs> I saw the. Uh, if you've not seen it, I, I saw the number plate. Um, basically Ligero, but with a three instead yeah, of the E. Uh, I, I did tweet it to him, and he he did say it was an imposter. So uh, Ligero does not, and I repeat, does not drive uh, a knackered old Nissan Micra. He's, was trying, definitely he's not. just trying to throw fans off the scent. Yeah, so, it's yeah. just because it, well, it was because it was parked in Burger King. He doesn't want people to know because he's <laughs> got that physique, you know. Um, right, should we? Uh, we need to hear from Mick Foley, but should we just go through some of the other news and bits that are going on around the world of wrestling? Let's sure. news. Take a little moment, and then we'll get into the news. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Right, other news from the world of wrestling boys. Start off with uh, AEW news from this week. Uh, big run-in at, sh- at an indie event that they did at Southern Honor Wrestling. They already had Cody on the card, I think. But we've seen a lot of Cody, we've seen a lot of the Young Bucks doing run-ins, like turning up at different indie events. Uh, This saw Chris Jericho turn up after the main event, basically clear the ring and start to beat the crap out of the face from that was the head of the the company. Mm. And then Kenny Omega came out and they had a brawl. And you're like, as much as Cody and the Young Bucks have an amazing amount of respect for me and are clearly superstars... That's it. If you turn up to a show where there's 500 people there and Kenny Omega and Jericho turn up, that is like, you know, that's like being, um, yeah, uh, I was trying to think of a tiny venue in London, the cockpit, and suddenly the Rolling Stones appear on stage. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So I, 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 cool. I just feel, um, <laughs> as as far as Jericho goes right now, like, I know you're going to get on to New Japan in a minute, but I mean, what, in, is it in the space of 10 days, a week, 10 days? He's got Omega and then Okada. It's like, what? <laughs> you know, they're, they're probably two of the two of the biggest matches you could you could possibly have. Like, if you were, if you were a wrestler in the independent scene right now and you could have two main events, that's pretty much the biggest you could ask for. Two of the best wrestlers in the world, and and there you go. Like, he, he's just proven once again that at forty eight. He can, he can, you know, break the chains of WWE and go and do that. And I think that's just a knock-on effect to the whole industry, almost. Yeah. You know, looking at that. Um, as far as AEW goes, they have to keep up the momentum somehow, don't they? Like, they have to keep doing these things. Beyond being the elite, 
they have to kind of keep a presence and storyline continuation heading into Double or Nothing. And that's been the challenge without a TV deal. I, I, I like it. I like the fact that, that people are now approaching smaller indie shows and there's rumours going round of, oh, hang on, aren't those guys nearby? You know, and then mm. you go to an indie show and you're like, you never know who's going to turn up. Well, this weekend at uh, Progress, I know we've talked about it a lot, there'll be a whole show of it. But did we go to Progress this Yeah, weekend? we did. <laughs> but, but the point is, is that because they're all mates with each other anyway, there were guys there who were fighting at like Cockpit for RevPro who had a really good show this weekend as well. Uh, guys like Brian Pillman, the, super, uh, the um, British Strong Style guys who weren't part of it but Cody you know, Hall? went there, there to yeah oh. and they were all just hanging out they're all just mm. there backstage and you see them walking around outside and people you know the marks are in the queue they did a thing on the sunday <laughs> where <laughs> chuck <laughs> chuck mambo sweeping yeah statement. we're part of we're part of it don't yeah. worry uh, chuck mambo and tk cooper and a couple of other guys came out and did an eight man uh rock paper scissor tournament it saying like if we're not going to be in the super strong style bracket we want to be part of something this they weekend they basically did what, uh, like what bullet club did outside raw one <laughs> Except on a very, very, very <laughs> smaller scale. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, between that and they've, uh, I quite like what they're doing with the over the budget battle royale as well. Have you seen what it's changed to? Yes, it's, so it's the now the casino. lucky twenty-one or something. Yes, it's it's like the casino brackets battle <laughs> the royale. Casino. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I see. So, what it, so doing it has now. It starts with five guys, and every three minutes, five more guys come in wow and then uh, the 21st obviously is the lucky that's the lucky 21 thing right okay and that you've explained that quite complicated <laughs> format much more concisely than any of Raw there just, you go just give Vinny a call you are Vince McMahon <laughs> oh don't be like that um, <laughs> by the way if we do go to Double or Nothing I'll be starting with five guys before we go in <laughs> <laughs> Good. there you go there you go yeah you're back well done buddy. get away back from the, the Irish and you're back I'll give you a fake snort for it <laughs> um, that's, uh, it was um, uh, Don Taku this past weekend as well which generally is the new Japan big shows I find to be normally the most underwhelming because it's all just assigned as Dominion build but it did do a couple of things um, Taichi beat Jeff Cobb for the Neverweight Open title which was quite big the junior heavyweight title match with Dragon Lee and Ishimori was unbelievable on the first night but nothing else really there, there were no big changes nothing huge um, they did announce that uh, Tomohiro Ishii will be facing Taichi for that never open weight title I will get that right eventually so that's three <laughs> matches now announced for, for Dominion with Jericho Okada which you mentioned earlier and the rematch match for, uh, for Naito and Ibushi for the Intercontinental. I mean, if that's anywhere near as good as it was in New York, it's three good matches, nothing to complain about. No, that's enough to... Well done, New Japan. Yeah, I was about to say, that's <laughs> enough to, to convince anyone to buy it on those three matches. You had so. some you had a, uh, some bang average shows this past weekend, but that's all lovely. We're yes. big fans. Should we hear from Mick Foley? I'd love to hear from Mick Foley. Do, Do, where did you catch him, Will? I caught Mick Foley while he was at Carrow Road. The same weekend <laughs> the Sheffield United could have been promoted, he was hanging out at Norwich, and they got him to put on like a Norwich City sock as a Mr. Socko. Oh, wow. And he did it, and then oh. I asked him about it, and he was like, yeah, I did not realise that. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't realise that they were big rivals, I didn't have any idea, uh, but... But they both went up, so... They're yeah. all happy. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. fine with it. Uh, the See, was that a Foley impression you just did? Yeah, that? I we'll, saw that. We'll get the Foley... Thumbs up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there it is! Oh, this is a <laughs> We'll get the... Uh, DJ! The, the Foley derby <laughs> in uh, the Premier League next season. It's all ahead of... Um, Foley derby... <laughs> twice um, a year Mick Foley he's 80 yeah. and he has to trade his way to bloody Norwich and Sheffield and watch two games of football 
soccer to him that he couldn't care less about. He really enjoyed, actually, the experience of uh, um, the Sheffield United match he was telling yeah, me. Yeah, forget Helena Cell, Helena Stadium. Oh, there we go. That was not so good. Yeah. <laughs> You're not getting a snort for that one, that's for sure. Uh, look, it's all ahead of Fightmare at Carrow Road this year, and there's no doubt that this event, I think, with the attention the company's getting off the back of fighting with my family, being mm-hmm. able to put on an event this big is, is huge for them. So it's uh, starting next month, June, I'm going to get it right, second, because I was going to say third, um, with a really, you know, some massive stars coming over from the States. Mick Foley, Billy Gunn, Hardcore Holly are all going to be involved. Don't you um, forget the Incredible Holt. <laughs> plus the Incredible Holt. Grant Holt will be involved. The Hooligans, Luke Hawks will be there, the usual guys uh, from, uh, from, the, uh, from WAW so it's their Fightmare event the tickets are available now with meet and greet tickets as well at fightmare.co.uk so we caught up with uh, with I was going to go Dude Love Manga I was just going to (laughs) start naming gimmicks but probably you was just here hear from him Uh, and uh, yeah it was lovely Hey Will how are you doing? Hey Mick I'm very well sir how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for talking with me. No, no, thank you for talking with us. We really appreciate it. Saw you uh, hanging out in Norwich with the Knight family last night. So it looks like you're having a whale of a time at the moment. Yes, I was. Uh, I was, uh, had some uh, fish and chips at the farmhouse. <laughs> well, the good news is is that Ricky is a massive fan of TalkSport, our radio station. At least that's what uh, what Soraya told us. So uh, we, we, we're keeping it all in the family, as it were. Everyone is uh, is a fan of everyone right now. Oh, good. Um, I first of all wanted to ask you about uh, what you're doing Mick over in the UK over in Norwich hanging out with the guys and and getting building up for uh, for Fightmare next month yeah I was was in the UK doing a couple of uh, appearances with The Undertaker and uh, so I phoned the Knights and I said hey as long as I'm here maybe I can help get the word out about Fightmare so I arrived last night at a great meal, and uh, today we're, uh, you know, through people like you who are kind enough to talk to me and uh, get the word out because this is uh, uh, the biggest show in the history of the company, and I'm really happy to be part of it. It's great to see them get, getting this kind of big show. Obviously, yeah, WAW's been a, a kind of legendary company in the UK scene for many years, but I think off the back of fighting with my family and the extra attention that's bringing to, to the Norwich scene, it's really exciting to see them doing something kind of this big and it going so well. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. It seems like perfect timing. So, uh, uh, you know, for every question they've had about my career, I've had five questions about the movie. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I'm wearing my Ricky Knight Mainly Violence shirt proudly today. Uh, and so I'm, I'm having a great time. I, I've got to ask about, uh, I saw a video you've just put up on Twitter of you with a, a Norwich City Mr. Socko. And I'm wondering how you're expecting the Sheffield United fan base to feel about this, because it feels like very split loyalties, Mick, I'm not going to lie. You know, I was not even thinking in that direction uh, when I followed the soccer. I know that loyalties are really uh, a tough thing. Look, I, they, they put me on the spot in an interview asked me uh, who I was rooting for, and I know the stakes of uh, both teams, and I just uh, kind of uh, stayed firmly on the fence and would not commit. But, uh, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I'm allowed to wear whatever type of footwear I want. <laughs> <laughs> You've earned that over the years, it's fair to say. Uh, like, Can I just ask about how that whole relationship... Because obviously you've, you've been a guy... We've seen you out in the UK before. You've come in here and, and done in-studio stuff with us. It's you know some, somewhere that 
there's a huge wrestling fan base, but how the whole Sheffield United, Billy Sharp stuff first kind of came to your attention and then going out and doing that show there earlier this year? Yeah, it was all like a whirlwind. It had turned out that when Billy was playing for Doncaster, he'd lost uh, uh, a child at a you know, very young age, you know, in infancy. And uh, so he had scored a goal. He took off his shirt and said, this was for you, son. This goal's for you. And I was so touched by it that I, uh, I, uh, I retweeted it. I think that was six years ago. And so when I saw Soccer AM had said, this is the best thing you'll see all day, and I saw Billy doing the celebration. I said to myself, like, I think that's the same guy that, you know, I mentioned all those years back. And so when I responded to it and uh, the Sheffield team uh, reached out and invited me to the game, it became this uh, kind of really nice uh, international story. So uh, I, I feel like I'm I'm the good luck charm. Uh, every city I show up in makes it to the Premier League. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. If you could come to Reading next, that would be ideal because... <laughs> We're currently sat in the same division as these guys, but way, way lower down it. Way so, down, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If that could be your next project, that would be ideal. What was it like going oh, and, and, and uh, you'd be a hero of mine. You already are, Mick, but more so than ever. Um, how was your experience going up there, going to a game, hanging out with Billy? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I showed up. His wife made me a proper uh, English breakfast. Uh, team won a uh, thrilling Two nothing game. They were down a man almost the entire game, so they were on the defense. Uh, but they managed to score, uh, you know, two two beautiful goals, and uh, you really get a feeling for the atmosphere. And uh, you know, we always loved uh, the UK influence in WWE because they brought a little bit of that, you know, that soccer enthusiasm, football enthusiasm. <laughs> and uh, I'm really looking forward to this atmosphere uh, on June second because it's the first time I've ever done a match in a football stadium. Um, I, I go, oh, you know what? I did them in Nigeria in 1987, but uh, so I had to go back to the, the 80s, thinking the last time that I had a, a, a big show in a football stadium, so we are all really looking forward to this. And, uh, you know, this is uh, WAW has been around for a long time, and to be part of the biggest show of the company's history is a big honor. I saw that you were over doing the inside the rope stuff as well with with Kenny with the tour with uh, with Mark with the Undertaker. Uh, obviously, I mean the, the situation that led to you needing to get involved in that difficult for those guys, but it looked like it all came together and ended up being a really good week. Yeah, it all did. I mean, the first two nights, you know, we were dealing with a lot of people that asked for refund, you know, offered refunds and took them because they were not going to get a chance to see the Undertaker uh, speak. And uh, word of mouth was so strong that by the time we got to Glasgow, you know, there were a couple hundred people who bought tickets at the door. So uh, uh, everyone who did um, keep their ticket was, uh, I don't think a single person left wishing they'd had a refund. How do you find the UK fans and, and, and like the UK scene? Do you follow much of the actual wrestling out here outside of obviously the WAW stuff, which I'm sure you're keeping right up to date with? Yeah, you know, it's it's exploded. Uh, it's literally, you know, it's it's. I think it's the hottest wrestling scene in the world. So I remember talking with Jim Smallman, I think, in 2013, 2012. He was telling me about an idea he had for a promotion that's gone on to be uh, progress. And uh, I follow what uh, NXT UK is doing. I've got a, a, just a, a brutal war of words with Rhea Ripley on Twitter. Uh <laughs> which means deep down I'm rooting for her. Uh, and so I just, yeah, I enjoy the scene. I always enjoyed the style. 
I'd love to have seen had Twitter and and social media been a big thing, you know, when you guys were at the peak of your powers, how you would have handled that side of things. Because it's funny, you mentioned Rhea. I, I can't think of somebody who, having met her in person, is so committed to her character in real life but actually when you meet her she's just lovely and I'd love to have seen what you guys would have done with social media back in the day the way these guys well, do you, you can't tell the public that you know, they can find <laughs> out one at a time don't ruin it for them you know uh, yeah, we, yeah she is very committed to that character I'm just waiting uh, one day for her to say something nice uh, I was wearing her shirt at, uh, at two of the appearances and uh, I actually, like, I visualize things that I'm thinking if I write, like, one day Rhea Ripley's going to say something nice about me. I can envision her writing maybe one day, but not today, you know, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the case might be. Uh, did you get a chance to speak to, to Mark much to undertake her about this new, the Saudi Arabia show coming up? Because obviously it's just been announced himself, Goldberg, a lot of the kind of elder statesmen being involved in, in the latest kind of big money uh, uh, Middle East adventure. Yeah, I just know he's going. I didn't have a chance. And I, I heard Bill was going and I didn't have a chance to talk to him at length. You know, um, yeah, there, you know, I wonder if, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> That's a friend of mine to be a, uh, take exception, you know, to you know the state of things over there. And I'm like, ah, well, you know, how would you do it? I was like, I'm lucky I don't have to make that choice. You know, like I have to be honest. Like I can be had for a certain price. <laughs> they wanted a, they wanted a rematch of the cell badly enough, a little to pay for it. My God, I did probably get it. <laughs> Working a little slower than I did 21 years ago, but I'd be out there. Well, and that's part of it, isn't it? You, know, you see it. It was fantastic at Mania this year to see Batista return and Triple H has his great entrance and all that stuff's great. But it is that slower work rate, which when you're on those longer shows can be, uh, it, you know, sometimes the crowd can find that a bit difficult. So I do find it intriguing that they're investing so much in the kind of when the, I think the main product almost doesn't need the part timers as much as it used to. Yeah, well, I think uh, a great card um, it's usually the result of uh, several different matches. No one wants to see the same match over and over. If I had one knock on, you know, a couple of products in the U.S., it'd be like, yeah, it's great, but it's just essentially the same thing for four hours. You know, big moves. Um, those are great, but uh, there'll always be uh, room in the business for guys who tell a good story done at a slightly slower pace. I mean, it's what the Brits love and do, and we saw it with that NXT card in New York with Pete and Walter. I don't know how closely you followed those guys or that match, but like you say, change of pace was a real welcome thing during those cards. And, and yeah, if you can do it properly and tell a story properly, that's what I want to see at least. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the goal when we uh, June 2nd, you know, in a fight mare. Um, but I think everyone's got a unique style to offer, and uh, the goal is uh, for anything that I'm involved in is to make sure that people have a smile on their face when they leave. And uh, of course, the lads and the women will be working as uh, hard as they can. You know, I'll be. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Sweet Soraya and Mercedes Martinez. That's uh, two of my favorites. Uh, I'll insist on getting a front row seat for that one. You know, I'll ask if I could be the timekeeper for that one or something. And so at the end of the day, I think everyone will walk away feeling like they saw a great show. And it's not just a show. It's a, really a celebration of this uh, 
company that's been, you know, such a big part of uh, Norwich for, for such a long time. Uh, just briefly, you mentioned Jim Smallman and Progress. They've got a huge show this weekend down in London. No chance we might see uh, a little Mick Foley pop-up uh, surprise appearance? <laughs> Not if my plane ticket is any indication. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm headed home. I, I love Jim. I've been good friends with him for a long time. But no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, the next time you see me uh, at a wrestling show, it'll be June 2nd. Well, right here in March. We're planning to come up for it, so hopefully we do get to see you there, Mick, and get a catch-up there. Uh, really excited to see what the guys put on. And uh, like we say, seeing big shows being put on in the UK, that's what we're hyped about, if nothing else. Okay, well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. No, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Mick Foley, joining All us. Right. Cheers. Let's try and make the outro to that interview better than the intro was. Uh, Mick Foley <laughs> speaking with the Pro Wrestling Show. Uh, we got a lot of play off the fact that he said about, you know, pay enough money and hell in the cell could happen in Saudi Arabia. I can't help but feel it's a little more tongue-in-cheek than some of the dirt sheets have picked yeah, it up all, as being. All, all the outlets, pretty much. I see no DQ and pro, uh, pro wrestling sheet and that have all picked it up. If they'd uh, listened to the audio which we put out, you can tell he's taking the mick a bit. Yeah. We got uh, all that. Taking the mick. <laughs> we, got, uh, we got tweeted by one that went, Mick Foley will appear in like, in Spanish, but it says he will <laughs> he's appear. He's doing like, it. It's, like, <laughs> it's happening. I'll let you, let you off because you are reading a foreign language. And you never know. The, the notoriously frugal Mick Foley might, might, could be tempted. Uh, well he's been tempted enough to be out in Norwich next month (laughs) there you go so be there or don't but ideally be there because it's going to be great yeah sounds like a laugh Mm. we'll have the show coming out in a couple of days time uh, which uh, will have Kyle O'Reilly Roderick Strong and Trevor Lee on it and then next week all that great content with the WWE coming over to the UK tickets are still available Definitely for SmackDown, I think for Raw as well. Um, and uh, I know Ticketmaster were doing a really good deal on them the other day over the bank holiday weekend. So get down right. there, because even with if you're not happy with the long-term booking, it's still a lot of fun on the night. I still think the O2 is, is a great show in terms of... I love going there, having a beer, and, and the English crowd and the atmosphere. It's well worth your time, I think. Uh, so... I'll save this all this indie roundup for the next show, shall I? Yeah, man, let's do that. Perfect. All right, I'll leave you to any final domestic thoughts. Let's um, <laughs> just give a big it. shout out to them putting the SmackDown tag team belts on Daniel Bryan and his and his ginger friend. I'm very pleased. I don't know what he's going by these days. Uh, he hasn't got his big hammer, has he? Though um, I, I like that because there was rumours, weren't there, that Shane McMahon was just going to put them on himself. But it's like all these all these rumours that are going round. I'm glad they've actually made a sensible decision. So I'm I'm going to end on a positive note. I'm happy about that. I'm happy that Ligero is going to go against Tony Nice next week, uh, and uh, that's about it. Wonderful. Any final thoughts from you, Big Mac? I, I wish I had as many <laughs> wonderful... Although I do agree with everything that John just said. I do think they are good decisions. Um, I just, you know, it, it, it's rare, I think, that we actually get a go-home show in the UK. So I'm hoping some stuff does happen next week, because uh, Money in the Bank obviously is... Is, just, it, is it the week or Sunday? Week Sunday. Oh, I thought it was two weeks. No, what? week Sunday. So a go-home show in the UK, uh, hopefully some good stuff should, should develop. That's uh, pretty cool. Yeah. It's fair to say that's pretty cool. Hmm. All right, well, thank you so much for listening. As always, Always social media at Pro Wrestle Show, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Loads of good videos up there. And do go to the YouTube channel to see the Kyler Riley interview that you're going to hear on the next show. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Pro Wrestling Show. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.